Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Series 3, Episode 292 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again as we continue with our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. We are looking in uh, Doctrine and Covenants uh, sections 115 to 120 in the week of 11th of October to the 17th of October. And today we're going to begin really what is the end of this section by looking at sections 119 and 120 over the next over the last couple of days. Uh, I'm kind of leaving that open because they both really talk about the same thing. And that is the tithing of my people. Well, not my people, but the Lord's people. That's what he said, though. Uh, so um, a bit of background on this. I'm going to go with the Revelations in Context account of this because I think it explains it really well. It gives the background and, and the, the, the detail about why the law of tithing was such a really important thing at this stage and where it came from. So uh, it says in the section or the title, the chapter uh, of the tithing of my people, it says, quote, after a challenging year in Kirtland, Ohio, Joseph Smith arrived in far west Missouri in the early 1838, ready to make a new start. Shortly after his arrival, he received a revelation calling for the far west to be built up as a holy city with a temple at its centre. In the same revelation, the Lord forbade the First Presidency from borrowing money to accomplish these aims. Close quote. As we mentioned uh, previously on this podcast, the temple in Kirtland uh, was built mainly from um, borrowing money, and the church had accrued these large debts. Now, they were working on this and doing things to try and pay these off, but it was clear that it was uh, a struggle for the church to overcome this financial difficulty, hence this, the Kirtland Safety Society and other things like that that happened. And as such, the Lord directs them that they should not borrow money uh, to do this. But, um, you know, this then leaves them with a quandary. How are they going to get the funds to build this temple as well as pay off the debts of the Kirtland, Ohio temple, which caused so much money issues in the first place? I mean, money is not something that is a new issue for the church at this point. Really, from the beginning, uh, you've got a lot of members traveling far distances from various locations to gather together in Kirtland or Missouri uh, at the time. And they are literally coming with nothing. Uh, they're coming to this place with just the clothes on, on the backs and just their possessions in whatever they can carry to transport over to this area to begin a new life. And so you've got a large collection of people with not very many means who are being expected or asked uh, to then help in building this kingdom. Not only that, but also there's been a lot of um, persecution and difficulty, particularly in Missouri, but also now in Kirtland, where people have lost possessions and buildings and things like that uh, because of the intense persecution that has taken place. And so you've got a group of people that are really, you know, struggling uh, financially, and therefore the church itself is struggling financially as well. But the, the Lord is wanting them to be able to administer this to the poor and nerd, needy, purchase land for the saints and build Zion. So this was something which was uh, a bit of a concern. Uh, it continues on a bit later to say, quote, Saints at the time understood tithing to refer to any amount of freely consecrated goods or money. In September 1837, Bishop Whitney and his counsellors in Kirtland, Bishop Rick, declared, It is the fixed purpose of our God that the great work of the last days was to be accomplished by the tithing of his saints. Close quote. So the bishopric, who are primarily responsible for the temporal needs of the members, talk about the need for tithing and the need that from the scriptures clearly that tithing is mentioned as an important aspect in the last days, particularly in Malachi. 
He then says a bit later, quote, A few months later, the bishopric in Missouri proposed a similar but more specific policy. Each household should offer a tithe of 2% of its annual worth after paying the household debts. This, the bishopric in Zion wrote, will be in some degree fulfilling the law of consecration, close quote. So we can see here that there was beginning to be some sort of specific policy uh, in terms of an amount for the members of the church uh, to pay tithing on uh, so that the, the, this would be able to provide some sort of strength and resource for the church so that it could build up and accomplish the work and, in, the, in the land of Zion. Um, we then get uh, section 119 given from the Lord himself through the prophet Joseph Smith, referring to what tithing would be known as thenceforth for the whole church. So that, first of all, we didn't have different policies in different places, because I'm sure that would be confusing and difficult for, for church members, particularly those that perhaps were being asked to give more by some bishoprics than others. Um, there would needed to be some sort of uh, direction given on this, which is why we have this revelation now in section 119. Um, obviously, all of our listeners listening to this, I imagine, will know what the law of tithing is and what that includes. But let's have a look at the two sections. Today, we're going to focus on the law of tithing itself. We might kind of need to go into tomorrow's episode to finish discussing that as we're already halfway through our usual 10 minutes or so time. But also we'll talk about the council of the disposition of the tithes and how that works uh, tomorrow as well. So in verse one, it says of Doctrine and Covenants section 109, verily thus saith, sorry, 119, verily thus saith the Lord, I require all their surplus property to be put into the hands of the bishop of my church in Zion. Um, so, you know, there was a requirement uh, to give whatever surplus they could, first of all. And this, you know, to some degree uh, does apply today. We're not asked to give everything extra that we have. I mean, obviously, that would be a very uh, tricky situation for bishop for bishops to figure out is what is someone's surplus, depending on what lifestyles everyone has. But we are asked to offer and provide um, whatever surplus we can. Uh, to provide for others uh, in the church. That is still something that is in place today. Uh, but in verse three, it says, well, two and three, it says, for the building of mine house and for the laying of the foundation of Zion and for the priesthood and for the depths of my pres of the presidency of my church. And this shall be the beginning of the tithing of my people. So this is really where the law of tithing as we know it today began. Elder Robert D. Hale said, quote, tithing has a special purpose as a preparatory law. Early in this dispensation, the Lord commanded certain members of the church to live the higher law of consecration, a law received by covenant. When this covenant was not kept, great tribulations came upon the saints. The law of consecration was then withdrawn, and in its place, the Lord revealed the law of tithing for the whole church. The law of tithing prepares us to live the higher law of consecration, to dedicate and give all our time, talents, and resources to the work of the Lord. Until the day when we are required to, to live this higher law, we are commanded to live the law of the tithe, which is to freely give one-tenth of our income annually. To those who faithfully and honestly live the law of tithing, the Lord promises an abundance of blessings. Some of these blessings are temporal, just as tithes are temporal, but like the outward physical ordinances of baptism and the sacrament, the commandment to pay tithing requires temporal sacrifice, which ultimately yields great spiritual blessings. Close quote. I really liked that explanation by Elder Robert D. Hills because it kind of just lays out very clearly in one place what where it came from, what the law of tithing is, and what blessings come. And sometimes these blessings can be temporal. I mean, we've all read the Ensign stories and heard the, the kind of 
messages about how people, you know, were struggling on their last loaf of bread uh, and they've just finished that and they've got to choose between paying for, for their food or paying tithing and they choose to pay tithing. And then at church the next week, you know, a, a, an envelope is handed to them or, you know, um, met, or individuals come to the door and give them, you know, a wad of money or something like that. And obviously, those, those I'm not uh, trying to dismiss or minimalize those stories. I mean, those will be really important uh, moments in those people's lives. We also have kind of people who share the idea of, you know, I pay my time in my whole life and we've always seemed to get through, you know, no matter what struggles have come. And that's wonderful. But of course, there are going to be some people who have tried to pay the Lord's tithing their whole life as, as honestly and as faithfully as they can. And yet they don't have what they need. And of course, that is then a challenge. And I think for those individuals, um, you know, we need to recognize as well that the spiritual blessings are great, too. And I'm sure for those that are faithfully and diligently uh, paying that tithe, they will see those blessings in, in their lives, uh, even when others may not be able to see that. Uh, we're going to we'll pause that there. I think that's a really good place to stay there. But uh, we'll continue with this discussion tomorrow because obviously we'll finish off section 119 and talk about section 120, which really has the same background, but focuses more on the the administration of these tithes once they are collected. Thank you very much for listening today. I hope you've enjoyed this study. Please uh, follow the podcast on Facebook, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. And let me know uh, what your thoughts are and what you've studied. It will be great to hear from you. Thank you very much for your time and until we meet again.